0: Let us start with the beginning. In January of this year, I spurred a project on my students. Their job was to create a plan to handle an epidemic that was ravaging a community that they were in charge of. There was an escalated death rate, and in the end, they would have to determine the following. Who lived, who died, who received vaccines first, how individuals paid for vaccines, and how to stop the spread. Some would argue that this procedure was rather dark in its intent. What I would not have been able to predict though would be three months later, I would be sitting in my basement, alone, hoping a student would log on to class all while watching our society board up, shut up, and be uncomfortably silent. Welcome to the world of COVID-19. As of today, John Hopkins University has reported over 1.5 million deaths globally due to COVID-19 a horrific respiratory viral infection that tends to be extremely contagious. While there are many unknowns, several steps have been taken across the world to mitigate the spread of this disease, from reduction of exposure time around others to mandated masks covering the nose and mouth, all the way to the new phrase many of us are familiar with, social distancing. While much is to be discussed about political action, scientific discovery, and individual rights in relation to COVID, this is not that podcast. This is about the experience of a teacher. Today, we'll explore my daily routine of being a public educator in the midst of a pandemic. On any given day, my alarm begins to ring around 5, 5.15 in the morning. Personally, a horrible realization. Because I hate work? No, because I love sleep. Finding clothes in the dark while my wife sleeps, I slowly stumble into the kitchen to prepare my breakfast, pour over coffee from a local roaster. Many are struggling to stay afloat these days due to limited hours of operation and minimum seating capacity placed by either their local or state government. And two English muffins with one egg apiece and one strip of bacon. Once the meal is ready, clothes are worn, I pop two pills for the chronic high blood pressure and walk out the door. But before I turn the handle, I look over to the side of our wall and see our display of face mask. I remind myself to grab a fresh mask because you never wear one more than once before cleaning it. I tuck it into my pocket and I walk out the door. 20 minutes of driving, listening to news reports, pandemic information, and the most recent place to install a new quote unquote lockdown procedure within the United States. I arrive at my school, car off, deep breath, and I step out of the vehicle. In the parking lot, I ensure that my lanyard is attached to me, my backpack is properly snug against my back, and for the first time of the day, approximately 6.45 a.m., I put on my mask. I will not take my mask off, aside from eating, again until 2.15, 4.30, or 4.45 p.m., depending on what after-school activity I'm involved with for the day. Upon entering the front door of the building, I see the signs that have greeted us each day. A reminder to always wear a mask that covers your nose and mouth. A new norm that simply is a visual reminder of where we are in, our, in the current. I walk past a few instructors in the hallway, reminding students to take down their hoods, an archaic feature that has lost its flavor with many through the new year. Hoods were often associated with, I cannot see your face. But with masks being required all the time, it begs the question of, what are the priorities of education that we should keep? And what are things that we can allow to fall off to the side? Unlocking my classroom door, I walk into a darkened rectangle. Procedures never change any given day. Two lamps are plugged in, two switches are flipped, two LED strips are programmed to start, and four lamps in the back of the room click, illuminating the space. After the lights are on, I open my window. It's 27 degrees outside. But without proper ventilation inside of our building from 1957, since we cannot afford air purification systems for our classrooms, natural circulation is key. Students will need to wear coats in my class today. Once the stages sit, I sit down at my desk, something that is new to me in the six years of teaching. I've never used a desk before. Now it is a barrier between me and the students, distancing in its natural form. Laptop logs on, iPad starts up. I plug in my microphone and adjust my ring light. Little details since I know I'll be live streaming my class today. At 7.05, my first student walks into the room. They are already accustomed to the procedure. Before walking to their seat, they use the pump for hand sanitizer, a requirement before entering the room. They'll take a seat in a desk that they are not permitted to move from. The only exception is the restroom. And that's only if it's dire. They will take out their school-issued iPad, lift up the laminated QR code sheet attached to their desk and begin the procedure for their COVID health screening, a questionnaire about contacts with COVID in the past 24 hours. After completing that, They'll scan their lunch order for the day as well. We are now at 7.15 a.m. The day has officially started in the building. My class is set up in rows, three to be precise, and they're also organized in rows as well, going the other direction, meaning there's four rows and three rows total, meaning 12 desks. Many may be wondering how a public school only has 12 students per day, especially in a building that tends to average 30 to 32 students per room. The answer, social distancing. Here's how the system is set up. Students are given options on how to learn through instruction. They can attend in-person or they can attend virtually. If they choose in-person, they will only be in the building physically twice a week. Last names A through K on Monday and Tuesday. Last names L through Z on Thursday and Friday. Wednesday is a day with no students physically in the building. That is a day meant for deep cleaning and staff meetings. At the beginning of the school year, 45% of our students opted for virtual learning. Take the remaining students, divide them in half, and that's where you run into a classroom of 12 students. Realistically, though, most of my classes average seven to eight. On this day, however, it is my first hour on Thursday. I have five students in the room. Digitally, I have another 25 that are online. Those 25 will not log in today. Why? Reasons are unknown. Some stayed up too late playing video games. Some have family members take care of. Some have no guardians at home. Some hate school. Some are lonely. Some are hungry. Maslow is in full effect. Back in the classroom though, students give me their breakfast orders. We have free breakfast for all students the remainder of the school year. The policy passed through the national government. Today, our students are given two breakfast options. Each will come with a juice box and a carton of milk. Pop-Tarts or mini chocolate donuts. Out of my class of five, two take the Pop-Tarts, one takes the chocolate donuts. I order an extra donut because by third hour, students come in looking for another snack before lunch. Breakfast is served in the classroom. The cafeteria has not been used yet this year. It is merely a space for prepping meals, but no one else can enter the open space. My students have from 7.15 to 7.37 to eat breakfast wake up and go about their day. Just no moving, no getting out of their seat, and their masks have to stay on unless they're eating. The time is quiet. YouTube videos, TikTok, and plastic wrappers of donuts litter the air with noise. Students are not picky, they do not complain. They sit, they eat, they stare off into space as any good teenager would at this time of their life. At 7.37, the show gets started. At my desk, I turn on Microsoft Teams, our primary program to stay in connection with students. I also log into Restream.io, a platform I found to live stream directly to a YouTube channel. My mic is unmuted and everything is clicked to go live. My laptop hums as the processor struggles to keep up with all the programs running at the same time. It has been a slight issue. Thankfully, with the cold air moving through the classroom via the windows, it does assist in cooling down the fans in the system. I introduce today's topic in the class, give them brief instructions, and refer to them to our module website, Canvas. Inside, they'll find tabs that unlock just for today, an intro video to the topic that I recorded on a Wednesday, a research tab that holds all the information they'll need to complete the task, and finally, a task tab that holds their assignment. Due to the dramatic increase in work not being turned in though, teachers are allotted two assignments to be graded per week, and total work cannot surpass two hours worth of student time. There has been frequent notes, articles, and conversation about grades of students and what the teachers are doing to improve their grades. Their true story though? Teachers are tired. As has been the theme, no student log on, logs on online. They've been emailed an invite prior to class and notified via Microsoft Teams as well. I can only hope that on their own time, they're getting into Canvas to learn this content. Otherwise, yeah. After spending 10 minutes, maybe a little less, I shut down the stream. It'll autofill on a playlist on YouTube. I've learned to minimize my talking. Otherwise, I'm really just a distraction to my students. The rooms fall silent. One of the biggest changes this year is the quiet classrooms. Students do not talk. Several instructors throughout multiple buildings have spoken about the eerie sensation of the silence inside the buildings. My room will stay like this until the bell rings for dismissal. Prior to the ring, my students have already stood up at their desks and are now standing along the sides of my room. Why? Because the desks that have to be occupied need to be sprayed down with a sanitizing spray. It'll have to sit for 11 minutes before it dries. I have four minutes between class periods, so the class period will be shortened by seven minutes. Seven plus four equals 11 minutes. When the students leave, the next group lines up along the hallway near my door, six feet apart, mask on, waiting for the room to dry. No lockers this year. All students carry their backpacks with them at all times. The students have become a bit more conversational in the hallway. A few are reminded to keep their distance from one another. No one has to be reminded about the mask though. In reality, adults have become far more difficult to work with versus the students. After the 11 minute period of drying, students enter the classroom for the next class period. The process repeats itself three more times throughout the morning. A few students pop in online to ask questions and a few submit late assignments via email. Overall, this is the normal from day to day. In third hour, lunch is served to the students inside the classroom. I'm allotted my 20 minute lunch break while another staff member covers my class. Most likely that staff member will be covering a class inside the building besides my own later though, because we have more employees that are out on quarantine. Throughout the day, I receive emails from our administration at the middle school and high school, their stock letters explaining a new COVID exposure, positive tests and people requiring to quarantine. At one point a few weeks ago, our building closed because we did not have the staff to cover classes. That many were at home for the recommended, at the time, 14 days. Many of the quarantines from school are avoidable. There tends to be a slip-up or lack of follow-through of procedures. In many ways, we have become our own worst enemies. By 12.30, my last, day, my last class is left for the day. I now turn my full attention to my online students. From 12.40 to 1.10, I will offer office hours. 30 minutes when students can hop online to ask me questions. I immediately think back to my professor's office in college and how many times I was inside a class during their office hours. We are trying to replicate the process, but we often see mixed results. A few emails will be constructed at this time, primarily to parents and guardians, directing them on how to use Canvas to see what their students are truly doing. By 1.10, my brain is cooked. I'll leave my room for the first time in the day for a prolonged period of time. And I'll go roam the single hallway. The school is definitely silent. I know there are students in the building, but after years of having a facility that is at max capacity, the quietness is fascinating and slightly disheartening. A few staff members congregate in a room, spaced out. The usual chatter goes on. Who do you know that is quarantined? Why doesn't the state government care about us? I interject my thoughts about Starbucks and their free coffee to healthcare and social workers, but not teachers. Confessions, I primarily do that just to stir the pot. Students are dismissed at 2.12 today. I'll be in the parking lot at bus duty, my mask still on. Even if we're outside as district employees, we must maintain our mask. At our specific building, even if we are alone in our classroom with the door shut, Our mask has to stay on. On this specific day, I'll be traveling to our area high school once the buses leave. One of the benefits of being a coach is bouncing between two buildings throughout the school year. Debate takes place roughly from September to June if students advance to nationals. Granted, this year everything is virtual, but the practice schedule still remains. Upon entry of the new high school building, My ID badge as of this year now permits me to step into the building without having to check in. I slowly walk up the three flights of stairs to the room where the high school students are. Most years we have had between 50 and 70 students competing, or at least in the class. This year, numbers have dropped dramatically. Freshmen are not necessarily ready to compete and be in a class they're not presented with as an option in middle school. Seniors are so concerned about courses, graduation, and college that simply put, some do not have the time. Mental health is an issue that has taken its toll within our program. As coaches, we strive to find a balance between healthy dedication and unhealthy obsession. This afternoon, there are four students at practice, one team of freshmen, one senior, and a sophomore. They're all working, isolated, mask on, trying to find a routine, a cycle of familiarity compared to years past. The coaches, separated, speak with one another, who is available for the weekend and who will be in the building. We are fortunate. Due to the very poor or lacking internet at many of our students' homes, the high school building graciously opens its doors Friday night and Saturday for our students to compete virtually. Each has their own classroom, door shut, and they stay in that room while they compete limited physical interaction, but still the capacity to debate virtually via Zoom. I notice the sun is starting to set for the day. It's nearing 4.30 at this point. Bring on the chill of the winter. I walk with the students out to the parking lot where our vehicles are waiting, talking about days of tournaments being in-person, bus rides, and trips to national contests. It feels like two aged adults who have seen many things. But in reality, we're just reminiscing on memories from just a year ago. At 4.45, I've arrived at my vehicle. Upon the ignition switch being pressed, I remove my mask and take a deep breath. Many times I sit back and ponder about this alternate reality. How we wound up in this situation. How long the year 2020 has actually been. So many emotions slowly roll off my shoulders as I place the car in gear. I'll travel home for the evening. Fall asleep on the couch speak to my wife and compare stories of change, one from the education system and one from the food service industry. We'll fall asleep with two cats who have become accustomed to someone always being home. My phone may ring with a staff member asking me about my seating charts. That means a student most likely tests positive and more will be quarantined with them. I suppose the adventures of the classroom really are more than just from bell to bell. They're merely just a never-ending strand of hopes, dreams, fears, and consequences. Falling asleep, I question what tomorrow will bring. How many students come back? How many move to virtual learning? Who is sick? Who has lost someone? Who believes that all this is fake? So many questions slowly drift off into a peaceful sleep where life makes sense. School is in session, and my biggest problem is figuring out how to work with 30 students in one classroom. I simply dream about those brighter days. Thank you for taking a moment out of your day to listen to Unpopular, a podcast solely about teaching, the one profession that's popular to talk about, but rather unpopular to be a part of. I'm your host, Sean Doherty.